We just wrapped up season one of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast with guests from Minnesota, Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, Washington, Florida, and even Argentina. And we picked up a few listeners along the way, and we are excited about what's ahead. So grab your juice, your coffee, your milk and cookies, whatever, and get ready. Season two is dropping now. is the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. I'm Krista Hoke, and we are really glad to have you with us. We hope you'll enjoy our show as we talk about healthy leadership that we believe is best expressed and most effective through influence. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you joined us today. I'm Rick Shields, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Atkinson. Mike, just an update on the podcast. We know early on, especially during our uh, inaugural debut, that we wanted to keep the average length to around 20 minutes or so. And that was because we know the average commute in Tulsa is about 20 minutes each way. The average length has been 18 minutes and 33 seconds. So our longest one has been like 24, 26 minutes. (laughs) On the other hand, our shortest... Early on, it was like 12 and a half minutes. (laughs) Oh, really? But yeah, we're coming to the point where we're getting closer to hitting, bumping on that 20-minute interval on a regular basis. So, yeah. Well, I've always been taught that less is more and to leave people wanting wanting more than rather than to uh, wear them out. So, I think we're we're achieving what we want to do is that leave the anticipation and the wanting people, you know, wishing for more of that. That's a good thing. That's right, which is a good segue to what we want to speak about today. You recommended that we take a few minutes and talk about communication. Less is more. I like what you have to say about that. You want to expand on that a bit? Well, you know, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. And our goal through this entire deal with the podcast is to make it very practical and something that the people in our leadership group or those listening, our listeners can take things and put it into practice and apply it. Communication is one of the it's one of the things in leadership that can make you or break you. And there are many aspects to communication. We don't have time in an 18, 14 minute, 20 minute, whatever you want to call it, yeah, podcast. 12 and a half uh, minutes. Yeah, 12 and a half minutes to get there uh, and explain everything. I mean, you could spend an entire season doing sure communication. Could. And uh, we've all experienced great communicators, been in the presence of those. Uh, we've also been around those. Uh, if you've been around me, you've been around those <laughs> that the with poor communication skills, and you can see a you know a, a significant difference. Communication is one of the things too that's so awesome about leadership is that it's something that's learnable. It's something that you can improve upon. And obviously, there are those that are natural communicators and, and just can do it, and have grown up that way, and, and just built that way, whether it be personality or whatever. And then there's some that struggle with it and have to work at it and put effort into it. But the, like I said, the awesome thing is that you can improve communication skills, and you don't have to stay where you're at. And I disagree. I, I know what you're saying. You feel like <laughs> maybe you and communication, but you're one of those people that too many words, you don't need to say them. That's just not you. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's true. We'll, 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 I like we'll this time to argue on that. thinking in it as we talk here, I'm trying to look up the speech that Winston Churchill gave uh-huh. when he visited Harrow School as alma mater. There's this thing that says that all he did was he got up and said, Never give up. Yeah, never give up. Never, yeah. Never give up. Never give up. Well, unfortunately, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the point is, 
sometimes few words can be very, very powerful. Well, yeah, I think of Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. And so they brought him in and had somebody, guest speaker there in front of him that spoke for like two hours, I think. And then Lincoln got up and said, what was it, 120 words, something like that? Is what which what which one impacted history? And yeah, which one is still being recited? Well, exactly. I don't know if it's being recited today, but so, you at know, least there were in our day. It doesn't necessarily the volume or the quantity; it's the quality, and so I think that's the point you're trying to trying to make there. Uh, and I totally agree. Abraham Lincoln is quoted as having communicated this to Lieutenant General Grant in the closing days of the war. In fact, on April seventh, eighteen sixty five. His message was simply this. General Sheridan says, if the thing is pressed, I think that Lee will surrender. Let the thing be pressed. And that that was enough. He didn't have to say more than that. It It was just enough. I like to say that it's good for us to distill our words. So I think back to my college chemistry courses when we went into the lab and we distilled various solutions. What happens when you distill something, for example, just to distill water, if you put it into a distillation flask and you add heat to it, when it comes to 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius, then what is distilled, what the vapor comes up and then it comes down this little neck and it drips into a beaker. And at 212 degrees Fahrenheit, 100 degrees Celsius, what comes out is water, no impurities. Impurities have either previously been boiled off, or they're still waiting to be boiled off. And I like to tell people, take your words and distill them. Get rid of all the junk, get rid of all the trash, and just use those clear, powerful words, just like water, just make it work. It's easier said than done. Absolutely. Uh, Many people, I think, feel like they have, especially public speakers, feel they have a certain period of time that they must fill. And if they don't fill it, then for some reason they have failed or they've not adequately fulfilled their responsibility. And so they will go on and on and on about a point that could easily have been said. I'm thinking uh, speakers today, people today have a very short attention span. Correct. If somebody gets up and speaks for more than 20 minutes, you either check out halfway through, you pick up the beginning, you pick up the end. Or you drop off halfway through and you don't pick up anything to the end. Or you don't engage until the very end and you you don't get to the beginning. And so I think it behooves us to realize there is a change in our culture that requires us to use fewer words and not more words. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's one of the challenges of today's society and dealing with that short attention span. There's just so much information and messages being sent out there. I don't necessarily use the word compete, but to be viable and and for people to to understand you, you've got to get uh, to the point relatively quickly and make sure that they're understanding it. So greatly agree with what you're saying there as far as distilling the points and the message and getting it clear. And that takes work. I mean, I, I've heard people say before, and, and both of you might have heard this, that if somebody's going to give an hour speech, it takes them you know, maybe an hour to prepare, but if they're going to give a 30-minute speech, it takes twice as long or even longer to prepare for it. And if they're going to give a 15-minute speech, it may take them six hours to prepare for it because they want everything in that 15 minutes. If they're constrained to that tight of frame, time frame, they want it to, every word to be impactful and they don't have time just to throw something out there. And so for us to understand when we get the opportunities to be in a meeting, I mean, we've both have been 
part of meetings that just just didn't want to be there, right? I mean, no it's direction, like, it's, uh, we're, but we're, have a lot of communication. What's to be accomplished here? We're just meeting to, to, to meet or whatever. And it's that's there's just no, no worse feeling than to be caught in a conference room somewhere with nowhere to go. You know, n- n- yeah. nothing's being done. Nothing's being accomplished. And all you're thinking about, man, if I could just get back to my desk, I got so much I got to get done. So I can be so much more productive. And so for those of us in our group that are leading meetings or being part of meetings, we need to understand the importance of getting our people in and out, getting them the information they need to know, uh, hearing from them. And we'll talk about some things about the important things of good communication, but hearing from them and then and then getting out of there, making it productive and no longer than it needs to be. Yeah. And our meeting is an eternity anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, you have too many things to cover. If you're meeting for an hour. I think far better if you can to meet, you know, four or five times for 15 minutes than to meet one time for one hour. It, it may be easier to schedule one hour, but it's sure less effective. Oh, I agree. I'm Rick Shields. I'm talking with Mike Atkinson. Together, we direct the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. Today, we're talking about communication and some of the just some important tips on how to make it work best for you and for others as well. I think we have to be careful. Too few words can close down a conversation mm-hmm. or a, a message. Uh-huh. And too many words can close down a conversation or a message. Yeah, it's really a balancing act in there. And that's why, again, I use that illustration of distilling words. You know, I've written this little book recently, Generous Measures, One Minute Lessons with a Lifetime of Value. It's 27 stories, and each story is exactly 200 words. And a lot of people have asked me, why did you do 200 words? What's so important about that? Well, the reason for that is because the average adult silent reader, they read at 238 words per minute. If they read aloud, they read aloud at about 183 words per minute. I, I know that anymore, if you're writing an email, you're sending an email or some written communication to someone... If you're using more than 200 words, you've already lost them right up front. Yeah. Because people look and see the length of what that that text is going to be, and they make a decision right then and there. Am I going to read this now or am I going to put off and do something else more important? Because I've got to I've got to digest this. It's not enough just to take something, take a bite, chew it, swallow it. No, this has to be taken in, chewed and chewed, swallowed. Mm-hmm. digested the whole thing, and then you have to have some response to it. My 200 words a minute was purposeful so that we could allow an opportunity for people just to to read it, enjoy it, benefit from it, and move on to do something else. Right. And some have said, was that hard to do? Of course it was hard to do. And as you, you know, speaking to the point you just previously made, the shorter a person has to speak, the longer it may take to prepare that message Right. than to just you know, pop off whatever's on the top of your head and just keep going. You know, real quickly, just maybe we can go back and forth a little bit, but some of the insider tips maybe that we have for improving communication skills, maybe um, yeah. I can give one, I can give one, you give one, and we can go back and forth or whatever. But I, think, I think for the most important thing for us to do in communication is to know our audience. And so I've talked before about on our staff, if we're going to lead our staff, then you have to know your staff. That goes just beyond their names, but knowing, you know, spouses or whatever, or children, birth dates, that kind of thing, but knowing, but knowing what makes them tick. And if you're going to communicate, you got to know every one of us has a different way that we prefer to communicate, whether that be verbally, face-to-face. I hate communicating all the time by, by email, but maybe that's their preference. Be finding out what their 
preferences and then utilizing that to the, to the maximum capability. And for us, I think for if I wanted to give, you know, my, my number one piece of advice would know your audience, whether you're publicly speaking, whatever, know who you're going to be speaking to, where they're coming from, and what's going to be the best way to communicate to them. It's a little parallel to that, perhaps, knowing your audience and also now knowing the method you have to communicate. Yeah. I've read somewhere, and I wish I could cite where it was I read this. 90% of all text messages are read. Yeah. Not the same with emails. Yeah. And text messages, you know, are going to be pretty brief. And when right. you see a text message comes in that is long thing that's going on, I can't even, <laughs> I don't even touch it. I just say, okay, great, whatever they got. And so text messages, one thing about knowing your audience, know if they will be able to grab a hold of that, get enough information from that to make it work without overdoing it. Right. And that text messaging is such a great thing. And and some people just have a hard time with it. Okay. Welcome to 2022, almost 2023. Yeah. Good luck communicating to somebody, you know, in their twenties without texting. I mean, that's just good. Absolutely. It's, it's, that's just the way, the way things are. So I don't know how about with your kids. I know that it mine are this way too. And it, it, it's just part of that age group. Pretty much my, my kids do answer the telephone if I call them. Right. But there are, there are other people in their age group that do not. Right. They just do not answer the phone. And I've spoken with their parents and they say, yeah, I, if I call my kids, they, they never answer. Yeah. So good luck communicating as somebody, depending on the demographic, if you're not willing to communicate in the ways that they right. prefer that communication. Totally agree. Yeah. If you want to hear from your kids, find out how they want to be approached and then talk to them that way. The next thing I wanted to bring up as far as to improve communication is a major part of communication is listening, paying attention and, and truly listening to who you're communicating with. And we so often, I, I get in the habit of when somebody's, we're in a conversation um, and somebody wants to say something, I'm already trying to go through process that in my head, trying to come up with a response or a way to reply to that without totally hearing them out. And I make such huge mistakes sometimes by not just pausing, ingesting all that they're saying, and then take a second or two and then respond. But I'm spending so much energy trying to jump ahead that I lose a lot of the context of what they're saying. And I think great communicators are often great listeners. They in eye contact, whatever, but they're able to push everything aside and pay complete attention to whoever's in front of them. And I think if I could leave that as a, be one of the best things I could, I could leave someone as, as far as advice, as far as great communicating. Mike, uh, you just mentioned that listening is such an important part of communication. I remember a meeting I had with a young minister that was struggling in his position on his church staff. I took him to lunch, and as we sat there talking, he kept looking at his telephone. I'm trying to have a meaningful conversation with him. He keeps looking at his phone. Finally, I said to him, give me the phone. Hmm. Actually, it would have been nicer if I had said it that way. But I said, basically, (laughs) give me the phone. And he was kind of shocked at that. Now, what had happened this was his one month anniversary. I didn't realize that he and his wife had only been married a month. They'd been on staff a pretty short period of time, a couple, three weeks. She was upset that he was not 
Hmm. taking her to lunch. But when we left, she was nowhere to be found, and he assumed that she was off somewhere else. But the point is not that they'd been married a month. The point was that he didn't communicate to me, number one, hey, I need to take a couple of minutes here and spend some time with my wife. And also that he wasn't engaged in that whole conversation. So basically, I paid for lunch, and there was nothing benefited on either side of that conversation. Yeah. And that's what happens when you don't listen. Yep. There's no benefit. Yeah. You may not remember this, but you were involved in the meeting I had one time with uh, someone that reported to me. We had a little bit of an issue. It wasn't anything major, but um, came in and through the meeting, I probably did 90% of the talking. And after it was done, you came up and said, Mike, I just want to let you know, usually in meetings like that, I kind of sit back and let them do some talking. And then I go off that and let them get what they have out first. And I took that to heart. And ever since then, uh, anytime I've ever had to have meetings, or whatever, I can bring up the topic, but then I want to make sure that they do the majority of the talking. And so they can express whatever concerns or worries they have, whatever they're going through. I mean, I understand exactly all that they're going through, or what difficulties they're having. And for me to come in and try to provide all the solutions and all the answers without knowing that first is pretty presumptuous and uh, kind of immature in a lot of ways. Hey, friend, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, please subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. On behalf of Mike Atkinson, Rick Shields, and our amazing Doorways Leadership and Influence Network partners, this is Krista Hope saying thanks for listening.